living your best life. It is Friday, May 6th, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, right here on the West Coast. I am Brandon Beliso, and this is Success Never Sleeps, where we as a collective of small business owners, in particular, mainly martial arts school owners, uh, we collectively ask the right questions to cultivate our version of success to learn different methods of disruption, to create something special. We need to stand out above the noise, right? And we can all follow the same thing, use the same filter, use the same sales tactics. And then we simply become part, right, of the herd. And that's not my way of creating an iconic brand. You know, we've been in San Francisco for 22 years and in Millbrae for seven. And the one thing Stephen Reinstein of Market Muscle said right away, when we took off with his website was, hey, Brandon does a lot of things. His business is established. Their community-based marketing is on point. His Google uh, business page is on point. His social media is on point and with his business page as well as his group pages. So, And they have a stellar reputation of service and they've earned that trust. So it's a unique combination of that. But with that said, I believe disruption allows us the opportunity to dream big. I am a dreamer. I love dreaming. My feet are firmly rooted in the ground and people often mistaken that, that, you know, Brandon spews his rhetoric and he's just a dreamer. No, no, no. Make no mistake. My feet are rooted firmly on the ground, but that gives me the confidence to let my head sit in the clouds. And I hope you can find that too for you. Artisan, Vancouver, Washington. As you come aboard, say hi. I see a lot of people sitting there. I want to see you. I want to know that you're there. Say hello. Say hello. So I want to take a moment to thank my sponsors. Of course, we have Market Muscle, right? Market Muscle, Stephen Reinstein and the gang out there. Again, very innovative websites, very disruptive, pushing the boundaries, boldly going where no one's gone before. And it's fun. It's a fun place to be. Um, and if you get to look at people like Elon Musk, that's where they live. They live in disruption. They live in that mindset. And for me, it allows us to cultivate something new. Cool. <clears throat> so with that said, also kids love life skills. You know, I love my sister and the gang out there. We're cultivating such new products and we're doing such innovative things that I'm very proud of. And you need character development. If it's the one thing that has sustained our businesses in the martial arts industry over 22 years, is the fact that people view us as a life skills educator in our community. And I believe if you want to have that type of impact and be profitable and you work with children, then this is definitely a component that you need to spend time, money, and resources on. You know, your staff training, all of it. It's so important. And when I created Kid Love Life Skills over a decade ago, I spent thousands and thousands of hours cultivating content and research and studying to create that product, which is used in martial arts schools all over the world. And I'm proud of that. My studio, two in the gang, you know, they had another update, right? How we can handle striping and, and things like that. So please do the best you can. I feel like it's like Photoshop for me because, you know, I know about this much of Photoshop and my studio is moving so fast. I swear I can't keep up with it. I don't know if you can, but I can. And then, of course, LC Accounting, my sister Letitia and everybody out there, you know, wonderful. Thank you so much, my sister. I love you. And, and we're grateful. We're grateful. Oh, Pamela, you do use kids with life skills. Right on. Right on. Again, I see lots of people sitting up there in the eye in the sky. Say hi to us. Come on in and say hello. We love everybody to be a part of this group. Um, I think it's something special. And we love to acknowledge you, okay? So what else is coming up? We only have eight spots left for It's Time Live Believe. QR code's right there. Scan that. Uh, it is a four-day retreat. Again, very disruptive for our industry. It's four days of systems, branding, staffing, purpose, why, core values. Uh, God, I, I can go on and on. Curriculum design, social media. It covers all the things I'm going to kind of touch upon today because I know after 38 years of owning small businesses, not just martial arts schools, I owned a DJ company for well over a decade, almost 15 years. Uh, I, I had a lucrative music career in the Philippines that it takes something special. We know nine out of 10 small businesses fail to begin with. And we know that by year three, I think it's seven out of 10, year five, it's something like, um, you know, 
five out of 10. If you make it past year seven, there's the chance that you're going to make it. So I'm very passionate about that. And in my efforts to share that with people, I communicate that passion. Of course, Sam On will be there. Sam On is my friend. He's one of my financial uh, partners and he advises me quite a bit and he will be in. I think what's Make Sam a true disruptor it was one school, 110 students, I think. This man is a multimillionaire, and that is a fact. So do sign up. It's in the link there. Be, you know, come out here. You want to spend four days of your life that's going to change your life. It's time life, believe, will do that. And then last but not least, wisdom. Uh, somebody asked me, when does wisdom start? Wisdom starts, it, it, it's ongoing. People can start at any given month. It is intensive. It's a lot of work. Talk to any of the people participating in wisdom, but it will change your life. It will change your business. And I do believe if you do all the work, it will yield the results and help you create your version of success. Cool? All right. So here we are. And the question comes down to, do you want to succeed in small business? That's all it comes down to. Do you want to succeed? Now, on the surface, everybody would tell me, yes, I do want to succeed. And then my question to them at that point is, how do you plan on doing that? Right? And, and they look at me almost perplexed. They say, well, I thought it's, it's simple. I'm just going to continue the path I've always been on. You know, I train in martial arts. I teach martial arts. So I thought I would simply do that. And one of the books you need to read if you haven't done so already, is The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. One of the books that influenced me tremendously and impacted my life, you know, and one of the, the, the aha moments was their definition of a technician, right? I am a technician through and through. That's what I am. I am a technician. And what I mean by that is when I opened my school, I was simply teaching the classes. That's all I knew how to do. I, I never moved to becoming an architect or a visionary. It took me a number of years before I finally got that right. And because of my work ethic and, and growing up in my grandmother's restaurants is where I started pushing a broom as a child and watching my grandmother run these personality driven restaurants, which she did very well. She brought seven kids over from the Philippines, helped them all buy homes, but she worked well into her 70s and she worked hard. My grandma worked hard, but I want to share that passionately. There's a huge difference between working smart and working hard. And I think the mistake people make is they think working smart means you don't work hard. It's quite the opposite. If you work smart, you're going to work harder. You're working on the right things. You're spending your time and energy on the right things. But please make no mistake. People really mistaken that. Well, you know, I want to work smart. I don't want to work hard. No, no, no. You work smart. You work even harder because you have a very clear action plan and the vision to support. And you have no excuse then, right? If you work smart, you work harder. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. So once I understood that and I sat about, and it was really that aha moment when I was with Tule. Of, of my studio when they were still top kick with John Cassidy. And I was speaking at an event that John Cassidy was supposed to speak at and he didn't make it, but two was there. And I was sitting, two was sitting in the audience while I was speaking. And I told him how much we were making. And he says, do you realize that's like 300 something dollars a square foot in uh, this retail formula? I said, no. He says, that's some of the highest grossing per square foot I know of in this martial arts industry. I said, well, okay, good day. But what really, on both sides of it, the yin to the yang, he flew out to me to study how we run classes because 75% of our revenue is martial arts. And that, I'd already been working with Roland Osborne and developing the rotating curriculum, but 75% of our revenue was martial arts classes, where for two, 75% of their revenue was like after school, day camps, things of that nature. But I think the huge thing for me when I went out to, um, the East Coast to train his team. We walked into the location at 7.30 in the morning. He says, I haven't been here in three months. And I went, wow, that's sacrilegious. We're martial artists. We're supposed to teach every day, be on the mat every day. I've been doing it since I was five. I, I didn't see there was any other way. But then he, he po posed that question to me that I share with people all the time. If you get sick or hurt, how long would it be before your business was closed and done? even at a million dollars a year. And at that time, I think 400 students somewhere in there, I realized six months to a year, my business would be tanked. 
because it was a personality-driven business. Why? Because I grew up in my grandma's restaurants. That's what I did. We worked in a restaurant. Then I owned a DJ company. And I DJed all the weddings, the high schools, the company parties. I never thought you were supposed to train a team and, and do that. I'd worked for a period of time managing about 40 employees at another uh, mobile DJ company. But we had no systems. We had nothing in place. We were just simply getting, getting the job done. And I could remember, God rest his soul, Jerry Nowoski was one of the sweetest men in the world. And he's passed on. But I would watch him running out to vans, bringing contracts, bringing records, people forgetting things, having to drive to shows. Because back then we didn't have the internet and could download music from Apple iTunes. And that, that was the moment that made me really think, wow, you know, this is not a systems-driven business. So all of that culminated to me opening up my business. But when I opened my business, I looked at our industry as a whole and I saw there was a lot of holes in the game for me in the version of success I wanted to create. So with that, I studied Apple, I studied Disney, I studied Nike, I studied Zappos at the time, you know, all these different companies to figure out, well, why are they trillion dollar companies? And we in the martial arts industry can't get 1% of the population to do it. What is it, right? And so all of that kind of what's going to create some of the things we're going to talk about today. Cool. All right. So here we are. Let's, let, let's take a good look at this. Okay. And let me say hi to a few people. Hey, what's up? Jason Smith, Believe Martial Arts, Chip Lee, James, Colorado, Monique, Ashton. What's up? What's up? And all you people sitting in the sky, I can see you there. Say hi. Say hello. Be, be part of this, this tribe of, of disruptors. Feel free. Say hi. I love giving people shout outs because you are important. You know, that's, that's one of the things I'm going to share next week. I speak at, speak at Meta on leadership. And I think one of the key ways to empower our teams is by telling them you are important to this team. So behave like you matter. Write that down. You are important to this team. So behave like you matter matter. And that's very important. Now, because you as the, as the employer, for the lack of a better word, can only do so many things to make somebody feel empowered, right? And make them feel special and warm and fuzzy. But at some point, where are they accountable? At some point, where do they take ownership in that equation? So from day one, we really promote the value of teamwork and the value of our team, how important our team is, our investment into our team. And I say that all the time, payroll is not an expense for me. Payroll for me is an investment. And I'm happy to invest more if they're gonna yield me a return beyond my investment. It's that simple. So that simple mindset shift was powerful. So let's delve into this. Number one is why. Why do you wanna open a martial arts school? Anybody? Why do you want to open up a martial arts school? Put it in the comments. And that why is really big because beyond that, I want to know why, why you chose to be a white belt in the martial arts and start up. Why did you choose to earn a black belt? Why did you choose to become an instructor? Why did you decide to make this your business? Why? I mean, all those questions answered give you that vision that I talk about so much. And once you have that clarity of mind, it makes a huge difference. I was speaking to a school owner the other day and, and, and you know, very sweet soul. And he was discussing with, you know, I never really did martial arts to make money. And I'm going, okay. So he never did make money, right? Great. I think he had a day job and, and, and he might still does, but that's cool too. Again, why do you do martial arts? Because I simply want to give back. I'm not concerned about making money. If that is your version of success, so be it. I think what causes a lot of confusion and causes people to suffer is when they look at me and go, oh, I want, to, I want what Brandon has. Oh, they look over there, hey, I want what she has. And that's the mute point because my life is not your life, right? My life is not your life. So be very clear on that why. So I'll give you my why. Live your best life. That's it. That's it. That's what I do. I live my best life for me. And through my experience and my teaching, I inspire other people to live their best life. I inspire and help my team live their best life. I inspire and give back to my community and help them live their best life. Meta, I'll go there next week, all of Facebook, and I will help them live their best life. 
even though it's on leadership and influence and communication, I will still be centered on live your best life. If I'm living my best life, will I influence people better? Absolutely. If I'm living my best life, will I communicate better? Absolutely. And if I'm living my best life, will I constantly become a better leader? Absolutely. So once you know your why, and go ahead and put it in the comments. If you have a why, and even if you don't own a business, what is your why? Put it in there. Put it in there. And come on, I see a lot of you sitting up there. I can see the eye in the sky, right? Say hi. I love it. I love it when people are willing to step up to the plate. Okay, Jason's is to help people be successful. Okay, right? And then from that why, we cultivate this purpose statement, but even more importantly, core values right? The core values, because that purpose statement can get old really fast. It sits up on the wall. I know it does in our school. And sometimes, you know, I've got to look at it every day and read it out loud just to remind myself that we are one, a community dedicated to serving you in every moment to live your best life. Now, why did it culminate that way, right? When I wrote that purpose statement, we are one, Right? People think of one, they think of the individual, <clears throat> but I wanted to make sure that we are one, one, one people, one team, one purpose. And then to define that, we're not just a team, we're not a family, we're not employees and a boss, we are a community. Because I really believe for our brand that we need to be community reflective. And it is in our marketing, community-based marketing. Our posts are pretty native. I don't put a lot of pictures and imagery and all that stuff. Or, I mean, writing on the pictures, it's very native. It's very organic. It looks community-based, right? We are one, a community dedicated to serving you. You know me, I'm huge on service. So I will say things like people before profit, service above self right? Anybody who knows me personally, I've probably helped you way beyond any money you've ever paid me, but that's who I am. That's what I believe in. That helps me live my best life. Cool. In every moment was very important for me because I'm huge on being present. If I'm to serve you at the highest level, I need to be fully present in every shape, way, or form. And I knew that if I could teach my team to be present. Would we teach better? Yes. When we engage on a phone call, yes, we'd be better. If we're looking at parent in the eye and talk, yes. Because if I'm fully in the moment, I'm fully present. I'm happier, right? I'm getting everything out of the moment I need. And so is the other person I'm teaching to or talking with, right? So that's powerful. And ultimately to do what? Live your best life. So we are one a community dedicated to serving you in every moment to live your best life. And that's our purpose statement. And then, of course, we back that up with core values. And I'm actually in the process of rewriting them now because I've learned a lot. Um, and for me, those core values need to be redefined. Okay, so that has to happen first. Any great company, Disney, Apple, Nike, they all had a very clear why and a very clear purpose and values before they even decided to engage in creating a business. The challenge in our industry is what? Most people, um, they simply find themselves in a position where you know, they inherit their parents' school, right? Or their instructor's retiring and they take it over. It's never really thought out. It's never really thought out. I don't know anyone that's ever opened a business um, where it was completely thought out, but I've learned. It took me seven years to make a million dollars annually in San Francisco. We reached that pinnacle in three years in Millbrae because I'm a consummate learner. So that's important when you write your purpose and your values. Cool. And this one's, you know, I can't believe how little people put money into personal development. So little. And, and it is reading actively, right? 60 books a year is what they say is the number. Listen to them, read them. However you got to consume them, you need to read. You need to read. Readers are leaders. Yes, they are. Because readers are always mining data. And it's simply data and information. As, as somebody shared to me, which I thought was so poignant, wisdom tells knowledge what to do. So what's the difference? Information is just information. Then you have applied learning. Then it becomes knowledge. It only becomes wisdom when it's at a heart level. That's when it really, that wisdom comes into play. 
And once we define that, then we're no longer distracted by, you know, the next shiny thing, somebody cracking the code, someone, you know, in a green Lamborghini, whatever, whatever floats their boat. You're not distracted by those things. And you wake up with a deep sense of passion every day. So your personal development is vital. It's vital. And I'm huge on information, but I'm also very loyal to the teachers that I believe help me grow the most. Does that make sense? Right? It says that in every learning, you can't be a master. I mean, you, you, you can't have multiple masters. And I get that, but I love studying martial arts. So I study everything, but I'm ever mindful at a heart level, at a values level, who I align myself with. You know, I've worked with Salman for four to five years. Britt Doyle is another one of my financial people I've worked with for close to a decade. And Britt's my good friend. Uh, Stephen Reinstein, who I love dearly and influence market muscles. You know, same thing with Tule, right? Um, yes, Miss Monique, right? Knowledge tells wisdom what to do. That's so powerful. I just love that. I love that. And, and you know, so I, I want you to think about that. How much are you investing in your personal development? It really comes to how much are you worth? How much are you worth? Put it in there. Put it in the comments and tell me, how much are you worth? Oh, I like that, Sensei Mish, to help people feel safe. Yeah. Monique, create a safe space to strengthen women and girls. I love it. I love it. I love it. And see, once you're clear about that, then, you know, doubling back on that, when I go into personal development, right, I, I love to learn things. So mine is live your best life. Am I going to learn to be a drug dealer? No. Am I going to learn to make meth? No. Right? I mean, it's obvious. Why would I do any of those things? They don't fulfill live your best life. But there's so many distractions and so much information and knowledge on the internet. It's very easy to get led astray when you don't have a why and you don't have a purpose and core values. Now, the yin to the yang. I teach the way my teacher taught me and his teacher taught him. We're about tradition and respect. And these are our values. No, that's narrow minded. That's it. That's it. That's narrow-minded thinking. I believe that. So there's a balance between the two. As O.S. Smith said, respect tradition, but embrace innovation. So the Taoism of the yin-yang symbol, I think is very important. There's some parts of me that are very old school martial artists that I will not compromise, such as we just had a black belt test and two of our black belt testees flew in testers, testers, testees, is that right? <laughs> that sounded really green, folks. Um, they flew in from Seattle. We've never had that. These boys moved away during the pandemic and they continued to train virtually and they flew in to our Millbury location to take their black belt test. That is awesome, right? Again, embracing innovation. That's never happened in my 50 plus careers. Nobody's ever flown in who had been training virtually, right, for the last year or so to take a test. Wow. But I will not test somebody virtually for black belt. It will not happen. Simply will not. See, you see where I'm going with that? So understanding that. So in that personal development, really, once you hone that down, they say the teacher will appear when the student's ready, right? You've got to be ready. And you might go through a bunch of you know, you kiss a bunch of frogs before you find a prince type thing. You might go through a bunch of gurus and burn through money. I did. I did. God, I had hired this one social media, you know, kind of like a branding person to work with me, 3000 bucks a month. And she didn't do anything for me. Anything, anything, anything. All we did was drink tea and hang out and talk most days. And, you know, but we live that, you know, we live and make those mistakes. I just worked with another person a VA and it was costing me $1,200 a month, useless, useless time, but the learning is there. So I'm saying it's it's really important um, to understand that part, but the yin to the yang, make sure you're not narrow-minded in your vision and your thought process, okay? Thin line, very thin line. And I think often because people don't invest enough into understanding their why, their purpose and their values that they simply um, rescind it to this is the way my teacher teaches. This is the way martial arts is. My ego claw is better than your tiger kung fu. And they live in that. And they mistaken that for core values and purpose. Thin line, 
but it's one that I would encourage you to explore. So why do I spend so much time talking about the why and the purpose of the values and personal development? I'm going to tell you why, because everybody comes to me and says they want to be a millionaire. Everybody. Well, not everybody, but a large number of people. And then my first question is why? Well, you know, look at you, you're, you're blah, blah. I said, no, 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 no. I work really hard to be happy. And they go, what do you mean? Right? That old saying, love shouldn't be this hard. Yes, it is. If you want to be happy, you have to work at it. Right? But what do we live in? Instant gratification society. Instead of working on their happiness, they just drink. Instead of working on their happiness, they do drugs. Instead of working on their happiness, they overeat. Instead of working on their happiness, they run through the shopping mall and spend money on something they never really want to begin with. So again, in my personal development, I always ask them that question, you know, why is it that you want to be financially successful? Well, doesn't everybody? No, no, they don't. There's people that dedicate their life and, and become a Buddhist monk and sit in Thailand there and, and live, live a life of, you know, poverty. So it's really understanding that. And when Jim Carrey posted that, and I thought that was so poignant because he can be reflective. He said, you know, I wish everybody would be as successful and you know, make as much money or, you know, something to that effect. So they could realize that doesn't make him happy. Right. Because he admits it. He's made all that money. And he was at 20 million a film or something. One of the biggest actors around at one point. And he admitted all that money and fame did not make him happy. So happiness is a full-time pursuit. So investing in your personal development is real important. Finding the right teacher to work with is really, really hard, really hard. But nonetheless, don't give up on that. Cool? Brand development. You know, having a brand is powerful. Talk to Monique, Jason Smith. Talk to Sensei Mish. You know, everybody, you need a brand because your brand is really the why, the brand cultivates that, right? The brand is, is just bleeds into systems, processes, logos, flyers that you make, language that you use. Your brand is a reflection of that why and purpose and values, you know? You really gotta understand your brand. Nike, just do it. It's just a rubber shoe, but why do people wear Nike? Because they're doers, they're action takers, right? Apple, think different. Oh, you're someone who likes to think different. I am. That's when I switched over. I used to be a PC guy for 25 freaking years and I knew nothing about Apple. You know what my shift was with Apple? Think different. Hey, that's me. That's one of my core values. Oh, let me start looking at your products. And now I can't tell you how much of Apple products are and Apple stock. See, see how that works? And I, I, I won't tell you, but I own a lot of Apple stock. I love Apple. I do. How did it go from just being a PC guy to, you know, becoming this favorable to Apple. I don't know. You know, it, it's, it's, it's almost magical in many ways. But again, the brand development behind your purpose and values and why is imperative. And I've rebranded, I don't know how many schools now, 80 or 90 in, in, in my time. And it is work, you know, it is work. It is, it's, it's wonderful work. When I see somebody like Miss Monique light up or Jason light up, it's just, it's powerful because on the worst of days, I'm going to tell you, on my worst of days, when I make no money and, and, or we have to refund money and I'm, it's not the best of days, I still love what I do. I'm still a fundamentally happy person because my happiness is not dependent upon the external devices. In my personal development, I do meditate, I do pray, I do journal, I do get enough sleep, I do drink enough water, I do eat healthy most days, on and on and on. I do strive for a work-life balance, right? So all of that puts me in a position to live, teach, and preach a brand, a brand that fulfills my purpose of living your best life. Cool? Okay. So once you have your, you got, and make, make sure personal development's got to be there. I, I can't tell you how many people burn out right away within the first year, and then they get stagnant, and then they lose sight of their vision, right? And they're freaking sitting there going, my business sucks. Well, Amazon started in a damn apartment and didn't make money for like seven or 11 years. I don't know how, but he was clear on his vision. So you got to be very clear on that because it's not always going to be, you know, roses. You're, you're a small business owner. There will always be challenges, 
God, I can't tell you how many challenges I've gone through in my 30 plus years of owning small businesses. They will always be there. But I think the art of it is when you work through it and you overcome it and get to the other side. Right? And that's what life is. It's peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. Your life is that way. Your business is that way. If you can't stomach it, go get a day job and teach out of your garage, right? So demographic study, and I think this is a big one too. I witnessed a lot with people. I say to them all the time, why did you open your school here? Because I live here. Uh-uh, uh-uh-uh. If I opened up the school in the neighborhood I grew up in, it would not be profitable. I chose to open my school in affluent neighborhoods based upon what? You know, who am I serving? Kids. Predominantly, I serve kids and women. Those are my two demographics, kids and women, kids and women, kids and women, um, kids and women. So with that said, I was mindful that there were three to five elementary schools within a one to two mile radius, right? There were preschools nearby. Uh, the average household income met what I believed our services was worth. And over, I think at least 55% at the time in San Francisco were family owned homes. So I knew there were kids there. So all those things added up, you know, to a demographic study. Now, for example, what if I try to sell air conditioners in Alaska? How far would that go? Go. Or let me sell fur coats in Hawaii. How far is that going to go? See, that's an example. And I witness that in our industry all the time. Now, those are extreme cases, but are you with me on that? Who's with me on that? So doing a demographic study is prudent. It is prudent to being successful in business. Cool? Now, so after that demographic study, I had to decide the products that we were going to serve. That part became very important, right? What products are going to serve this community? And I share that, that, that Apple video that came across the wire for me out of the blue one day at LinkedIn. And it was some guy grilling Steve Jobs. And he was, you know, I don't know, some reporter, some tech guy trying to show he's cooler than Steve. And but Steve was unwavering. Wow. He just looked at this guy and said, well, I would honestly, I would never sit with my coders and the software team. And, and, and I'm, I'm doing my own version of this the software team and the hardware team and create something we thought that was really cool and could sell to people. He said they had tried that with a printer and they put all the bells and whistles and it didn't do well. But that was one of those lessons to be learned. He says, what we do do is we look at the customer experience and the customer's needs, and then we fulfill them. We create a product to fulfill our customer's needs. And in doing so, we create the premium product and we get the premium price. So it's the same thing here. If you stopped for a moment and had to think of your demographic, right, who they are, that demographic, what do they need? And please don't tell them what they need. That's insane. It is. And when I hear a school owner say to me, well, you know, they don't even know what they need when they come through the door. It's up to me to tell them right? I would beg to differ. Today's consumer is very savvy. It's very educated, can know more about your business before they ever walk through your door. So I think it's very arrogant and egotistical to try to assume people don't know what they want or need when they come through your door. They do. Like when I went to buy a car for my wife's car, I knew everything about that car inside and out. I told her, here's the MSRP. I know what I'm going to pay you for it because you make money off the service agreement. You're just looking at your 3% commission or whatever the hell that is. And if you're willing to forego that, your company is going to be very happy because you got a new customer who's going to do lots of servicing at this dealership, right? Okay. Or I can be short-sighted, step over a dollar to pick up a penny. So really be mindful about the products that serve. Do they truly serve your community? And again, try to sell air conditioners in Alaska, right? Or as they say, I'm going to sell an igloo to an Eskimo or sell ice to an Eskimo. So once you, you've done your demographic study, you know what products that serve that community really well, really, really well, really, really well, really well. Then your vision and goals, because I have to be mindful, um, going back to the personal development part of it, is what are my vision? What are my goals? right? What do I want out of this? Because if I wake up every day and I'm a slave to the machine and, and I don't satisfy my vision and goals for what I want in my life, and that's financially, physically, emotionally, spiritually, all of it needs to be there. Because if not, 
then you're resentful, you're angry, you'll lose focus, and you'll make a lot of bad mistakes, a lot of bad mistakes. So understanding what is my vision, and it changes. My vision at 60 is much different than my vision at 50 and 40, but I'm very aware of it. I visit it all the time. You know, I'm always not second guessing, but I'm always asking myself the right questions over and over and over until the answer is the same. Does that make sense? I ask the same question 50,000 different ways. And if the answer keeps coming up the same, that's probably a good answer. And what do I want at 60? Honestly, I want to make sure all my guys fulfill their needs. And my second guy bought a home. So my two top guys both own homes. And I'm proud of that. I want to make sure my family's taken care of long after I die. I'm 60. I have more years behind me than in front of me. So see, I'm mindful of all of that. And it's okay. All of it's good as long as you have vision and goals. And that's why I call them vision goals, right? Because it hasn't come to fruition yet. But the vision is really the difference between simply having a goal, right? My goal is to eat healthy. Great. Well, why? What's the vision behind that? Well, I see myself 30 pounds lighter and I'm doing this and I'm eating this and my mind is like this, on and on and on. So that's why I say vision goals. Write that down, vision goals. Cool. And who else? I see lots of people sitting up there hanging with us. Come say hi. Come say hi. And I think the challenge with this type of work, and people are learning that in wisdom with me, is that it's not just simply, you know, get me 10 new students. Here, here's a thousand bucks a month. Just get me 10 new students. I'm good, right? I hear that one all the time. And it's really not about that. If I can't enjoy this ride, right, and have fun with it, and through the ups and downs and the difference, why am I doing it? So when we talk about the word live, if I asked to ask you, what is living for you? Not your best life. Let's just talk with live, right? Live. What does that look like for you? What is your definition of living in your business? Do you show up every day and you're pissed off and angry? Are you fear-based because you, you need 10 more students and can't make the rent? You know, what does that look like? So the vision goals is a really integral piece. And the next is a business plan. Please write a business plan. Write a business plan. Write a business plan. And be thorough especially the SWOT analysis, the strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities, the threats. When I, I remember back in the day, I wanted to go to the bank for an SBA loan because I wanted to remodel San Francisco. And they looked at me and asked me the question, you know, tell me about your business. Well, you know, I was proud of it. I worked 60 hours a week and, and you, you, you know, I'm reliable, dependable, and I'm a hard worker, $30,000 line of credit. Because you know what they saw that I didn't? It was very volatile. It was a personality-driven business based upon me. It couldn't be replicated. So if I got sick or injured along that way of paying back that loan, they would never see that money. Huh. Okay. Fast forward to when we opened Millbrae seven years ago. Um, when we opened Millbrae seven years ago, I had a business plan. My demographic study was this, and this was pretty powerful. I didn't have a second location, right? So I had no data to show that I could make the same money in San Francisco and Millbrae. But you know what I did have? Topkick. Topkick was, you know, a chain of five schools, I believe, on the, on the East Coast, whose business model was similar to mine. No contracts, upgrades, the average household income, you know, the whole thing was almost identical to what was going on in San Francisco. So the fact that I had enough sense to do that was appealing to the bank too. So there is other data out there. Remember, I didn't own other schools. I only owned one. So what did I have to prove to them I could do that? I had a team and I shared that. My team would not be depleted in San Francisco. I have a different team to go into Millbrae. On and on and on. I got a $300,000 loan. See? So that's part of it because anything you invest in, a startup company, a stock that's recommended to you, it's all hypo hypothetical. You could lose money on all of it. Just like them loaning you money on this business, you could lose completely, completely. Completely. So again, doing a business plan is something I recommend people do every year. Is it mundane work? Absolutely. Does it give me a warm, wuzzy feeling? Do I feel safe and strong with it? Absolutely. It removes a lot of fears because we do understand data, right? Data doesn't lie. So when I gather the right data for what my vision and my goals are, and I can see that clearly, then I can at least make, as they say, an educated guess, an educated guess.
Okay. The next is an action plan because that action plan is, let's say, Milbury, I wanted 300 students in year one. Okay. What's the action plan? How am I going to do that? What marketing? What, what moving pieces? All of that goes into there. Right. I can't just simply say, oh, and I was speaking to a school on the other night, I'm going to be a millionaire. You know, I'll prove it to you. I said, well, how are you going to do that, sir? You have no data to, to even indicate to me that you're, you're capable of doing that. Well, I just know. And I said to him, take that to the bank. Go tell the bank, loan me a million dollars because I just know I'm going to be a millionaire. It's bad business. But the yin to the yang, like I said, my feet are rooted firmly in the ground and I'm up here dreaming. But make no mistake, the yin to the yang, my feet are anchored on this ground. I'm tethered to good business practices, to disciplined financial practices. I am anchored in that. So be mindful. And that gives me that confidence and freedom to dream big. But if it doesn't meet all the criteria of, of everything I'm, I'm discussing with you, I don't do it. I don't do it. So that makes a huge difference. So when you design that action plan, the number of students and how we're going to achieve that goal, then you can start thinking of what systems you need. For example, if part of my business plan is after school, okay, then my action plan has to circumvent how do I do that? What are all the moving parts in that action plan for opening that after school program? Right. I go to the county. Can I even run one? What are their rules and regulations and blah, blah, blah? Do I need special licensing? Do I have to be a daycare, et cetera? So great. What's the next part? You know, all the hard equipment, vans, you know, there's a whole list there. Right. So I want to be mindful of that. The business plan is not the same as the action plan. You know, the business plan is all the number crunching and what my projection year one, year two, year three, when do we turn profit? All that happens. Right. Then we go into that action plan and that's different. That's that's way different. You guys got that? Put put it in the comments if you get that. Say, yes, I understand. I want to know that you get that, folks. Do you get that? Because what's neat about the action plan and notice the the actionable steps. It didn't even happen until the why, purpose, values, personal development, brand development, demographic study, products that serve, vision goals, business plan. Because I can't tell you how many school owners or people in life just simply go because they don't want to stand still and really feel what they're feeling to know if they really need to do this or not. A need versus want. I need air. I want a Tesla. Huge difference. I need to live my best life. I need to impact the community. I need to provide for my team. I need to take care of my family. Very different today. Very, very different. So I'm ever mindful of that. Cool. Thank you, Roy. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate you. So now we've gotten through the action plan, all right? And an action plan rooted in all the things I just named is powerful. It's powerful because you can move. You can move with such certainty and you can pivot and adapt as needed, right? One of Meta's key core, core values are move fast, move fast. And, and as I delve deeper into that, we move faster together. Wow. And don't wait for tomorrow for something you can do today. Wow. Wow, I get it. See, it all makes sense. So when we talk about moving fast in their action plan, that's rooted in a very personal core value first. See where, where that all flows. And then, of course, then after I decide the action plan, say it's the after school program, right? I am going to make sure that I write systems to support that. And there are standard systems out there. But really, when the day's done, I want to teach you to fish. You know, I want to teach people to fish. So I tell people all the time, can I just have your system? Well, you can, but it's going to stop you from writing yours. Well, what do you mean? You're successful. Let me just use your system. Yeah, okay. But I guarantee you Burger King doesn't use the same system for making burgers that McDonald's does, right? And Five Guys or Shake Shack or, you know, In-N-Out Burger does not use the same exact processes. Yeah, they're cooking hamburgers. One uses a grill. One uses a flame broiler, on and on and on. They understood that if I'm going to cultivate a culture unique and unto my why, my purpose, my values, I am going to write those systems myself. Will I borrow from elements from one, like step two from McDonald's way to make a burger, step six from over here at Burger King? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? But I will make sure that every step in the process of a system that I write is fused with living your best life. So... Hello at the front door. That's one of our systems. First question we ask, does it help us live our best life? Yeah, it does. When we welcome people into our place, they feel special. We feel special. Everybody's living their best life. Great. 
Okay, it fits our value. Let's write a system. Step one, somebody comes through the step. Well, the steps before that, always be scanning the room and looking, you know, for people coming in the front door while you're teaching, while you're on the phone, no matter what. Right. So that's step one. Step two, when they walk through the door, greet them within five seconds. Great. Step three, if it's a five-year-old kid, what's up, Johnny? If it's a teen, what's up, dude? Welcome today. If it's a parent, good afternoon, sir. Welcome to One Martial Arts. There's another system, but that's a soft system. So on and on and on. But the systems that we write aren't systems we just take blindly from other businesses or other schools because they're successful. They're systems we painstakingly take the time to write. And I'm getting ready to rewrite almost all our systems because we're moving into a new era of automation. We have no front desk. We have no program directors. Everything's automated. It's app-based. And that's the direction we're heading in. That means new systems for my team to serve better and their mindset needs to shift because you don't have a front desk person there. On and on and on. So systems are imperative, but I think people mistaken how they write systems um, very often, very often. So for me, I want to be extremely mindful of that and that process. You with me? You with me on that? So, and then after that, staffing. Look at that. I haven't even got to staffing yet because I need all these moving parts. No, great. After school program, am I going to have drivers? Oh, I don't know. You know, what's my business plan say? right? Can I afford that? What's it going to take to do that? Well, I need to drive the vans in the beginning. In the beginning, we outsourced it. We used a, a company called KidsJet. And even though it cost me more monthly, guess what? I wasn't paying gas, insurance, hiring and firing drivers, maintaining this van, none of it, because I couldn't afford that. You know, it was ending up a lot more than what I was paying KidsJet. But as soon as we saw the light of day, which was already in our action plan, we started buying vans. First, my team drove it. Now we have designated drivers that we hire just to drive. And that's it. You see, but that action plan united with my vision and goals gave me that bigger picture. That vision and goals is the bigger picture. And then I bore down, you know, with my business plan and my action plan. Then I bore down deeper on the systems. And once all that was ready, then I knew, okay, now who, who, who are the players? Who do we need for that? I'm not going to sit there and get this quarterback, this wide receiver, this, if I don't even know what kind of offense I want to run. You with me on that? Put that in the comments if that makes sense to you. If I know what, you know, for when the 49ers are really good, five Super Bowls, Bill Walsh wanted to run what was called the West Coast offense. He made that famous. And Joe Montana, who was considered a pretty much a no-name quarterback at Notre Dame, came off the bench to win the championship game. But off the bench, Bill Walsh saw that this guy, this guy here, this guy could help me get there because I have a very clear vision. We have the West Coast offense and that's powerful stuff. But again, you know, we're not even thinking about staff until we get to that point. Talking to, I was talking to somebody last night about that and they hired their friend's girlfriend and it's way, 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 way not working out, right? It's just not working out because you didn't hire culturally. You didn't hire this person based upon the why. And we do that all the time. Just because somebody grows up in our school and we're always mining, right? Everybody in my school is potentially could be an instructor. Everybody. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. Absolutely not. There's a lot of people who are black belts in my school that I would never let teach, that don't want to teach, that it, it's simply not in their DNA. Yet, I know from day one, you could be an instructor. You can be an instructor. No, you're not. But do you have enough vision and clarity and values to recognize that's not for that person today or it may never be? Cool. And then, of course, and see, and 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 it's it's weird when I wrote this up. It's not by coincidence that marketing is marketing is last. You know, I find in so many businesses, marketing is first, and marketing is all that matters. And you put all this money into marketing, but you put so little money into your own personal development. You put all this money into marketing, but you put little of that money into paying your team really well and creating company people want to work for. You put all that money into marketing, right? All of it, but you put so little money into cultivating and developing a brand, a brand where people walk into your single school and think you're some franchise because it's branded so well. You put so much money into marketing and so little into the products that you serve. You know, we're getting ready to reshoot curriculum videos. That's going to be huge, 20 grand easily. But it's the product that we serve. 
premium product, premium price, premium product, premium price. So we're going to reshoot our curriculum videos again because it needs to be relevant to today and going forward for another decade. We shoot every 10 years. So you see where I'm going with that? It's a mindset shift. Most people don't get that. Why? Because all you do is open the door, take the money and teach the classes. And then with some knee jerk reaction, because you have no vision, you have no goals, you never did, you know, any kind of personal development in relationship to being a successful small business owner. You didn't never define your why, your purpose of value. Just there's something new and shiny. Sure. I'm blinded by the light anyways, because I have no vision of what I want my life and my business to be. And Sam talks about that a lot. He'll say to you, what is your number? What do you mean? What's my number? Well, if you were to retire tomorrow, how much do you need to retire on? That's simple, right? I figured me and my wife need to clear $300,000 a month in our retirement, right? There's medical and stuff. We're going to get older, et cetera, et cetera. And we live here in California. So 300, eight to 10%. So what do I roughly need, right? Clearing that. I'm going to need 6 million, 7 million, somewhere in there. Okay. So that's, that's my number. That's my number. I want to pay this guy this much, this much, this much. So my business needs to grow this much a month and a year. You follow me? So once you have those numbers, and that's why we study KPIs, key performance indicators. Great. Oh, I lost 10 students in the white belt class. Okay. Audit the class. Do I need to rewrite the new student experience or rewrite the curriculum for the first three months till they get to yellow belt? Is it the instructor needs to be trained better? That's it. But you know what most people do? They run out and spend more money on marketing. I need 10 new students. You hear that all the time at the end of the month, right? I see it pop up in the feeds. Hey folks, I'm coming to the end of the month and you know I didn't meet my goals. How do I get 10 more students right now? What can I do? It's like, what? You should be doing that every day. Not a knee jerk reaction at the end of the month, but I get it. Fitness mentality. My friend disappears at the end of every month because they're trying to make their quotas and get their bonuses, right? That's, I don't want to live that way. My guys are not forced to sell. They're not put in that position at all. What they are required to do is to teach better. What they are required to do is to serve better. And we facilitate that with training. That is what they do. Nothing more, nothing less. So we're mindful of that too. And that shift in our mindset is why we have made it through the pandemic. We made it through uh, the mortgage crisis. We made it through 9-11. We made it through the dot-com bust. We've made it through several very difficult times. And now we're going through it with the pandemic and the war and inflation, right? But I'm blessed to say, I believe we make it because we live from our why of live your best life. Never, never question. Outdoors, online, in the garage, you made no, there's no question. Everything's about what? Live your best life. How do we help people live their best life through the pandemic? Well, virtual is our only option. Great. Let's be the best at freaking virtual. Oh, we can only live our best life in a parking lot? Rock and roll. Let's do it. Because it was never about, no one wants to be in a parking lot. Nobody can learn virtually. We never blinded ourselves with that distraction. We stay rooted in our purpose of live your best life. Cool? And that's it in a nutshell, folks. You know, and I share that with you because you deserve it. You really do. And, and, and I do believe sometimes because we don't go through this type of work, we are blinded by the next guru, the next marketing group. Everybody's cracking the code and all that other stuff, right? But if you're clear on all these things that, 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 that I'm showing you, I, I believe you will make better business decisions. I believe you will be emotionally and mentally happier. I believe you will be more financially prosperous and you will move faster. Because you're not simply distracted by anything new and shiny because you are rooted in humility and gratitude and have these type of core values that will make a huge difference. You with me? All right. So let's wrap up this show today. So what do I got coming up? It's Time Live Believe. The, I mean, this is an hour. Imagine four days of this with me. Four days of this. I invite you. We only have eight spots left for the four-day experience. And then we're going to open up for the two-day and one-day. But really, the four-day with me and Sam, uh, we're doing it in the summertime, so it'll be warmer. It'll allow us to go to more outdoor locations, which I find is conducive to optimal learning, get away from the electronics and all that stuff. And then, of course, as I shared, Sam On will be here. He's my special guest. And if you ever hear Sam talk, it is very, very much rooted in values, and he's very spiritual. But make no mistake, Sam makes a lot of money. See, I, I always believe great martial artists should make good money, a lot of money. 
There's no reason why you can't. That old myth of, you know, you're a sellout, right? You're a sellout. Your martial arts sucks. I'm a starving artist. I remember when I signed a record deal, my friend said, oh, you sold out, dude. No, you're just jealous because you're freaking, you know, you didn't get a record deal. I said to them, though, but the same song I pay, played on the corner when my guitar case opened is the same songs I'm playing now. The only difference is I'm getting paid for it. That's the only difference. So I really want to always dispel that myth that you as a martial artist cannot make money. And then, of course, ask anybody, Jason Smith, Marco Mazzola, Monique Washington, James, uh, James Walker, Nick Rollins. They're working me in whiz with wisdom. It's hard. I'm not going to lie to you. I have no code. Monique said that the other day. I thought it was very poignant to her and Jason Smith, our accountability partner. She said, wow, what you do with me is really a lot different than what you do with Jason. Absolutely. That's a sign of a great teacher. Like Michael J. Fox said, if the student doesn't learn the way you teach and teach the way they learn, you each have different versions of success and different goals. And it's really my purpose to help you live your best life, not my best life, not anyone else's best life, your best life. But that requires active listening, leaning in and genuine coming from a place in the moment where my purpose is to serve you, not me not my ego. And that, that requires a lot of effort. That does require a lot of work. That's just the way that goes. Hey, so let's thank our sponsors, of course, Market Muscles, Kids of Life Skills, My Studio, and LC Accounting. If you have any last minute questions, you want to put them in there, pop them in, please. I welcome them. Planning on bringing my wife this year. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But that'd be awesome, Sensei Mish. And if you're coming out for the four days, please, Get signed up for that, all right? Mm. Get signed up. So, Cole, anybody have any questions they want to share? Any thoughts, any takeaways today? I think I have like two minutes. Wow, that, that's odd. We actually have two minutes. <laughs> Wisdom is life-changing. I'm grateful because you've changed my life this Monique. You have. And, and that's, that's, you know, that's the joy of it. You know, we're only given an infinite amount of time here on this, you know, in, in life. And when I can spend it with people and learn as much as I teach, that's that's just, you know, it's just, I, I say, I can't even describe that. Me, the man of many words, I, I can't even describe it. I simply can't. I can't. Anybody else care to share? Have a takeaway before we wrap this all up? <sighs> going once, going twice. <laughs> oh, there's some more. I was the second person to register. Oh, so you already registered, Sensei Mish. Awesome. Did you register your wife already, sir? Make sure to do that. Carl, what's happening? Carl, sir. Yeah, thank you, Carl, sir. You know, again, I just want you to be successful. And I know from owning businesses for 38 years, got it, it's been a long time, that there are a lot of moving parts. There simply are. And if you're not ready to wear a lot of hats well, you're going to blow through a lot of money. And there's nothing more empowering than, than to possess wisdom. And, you know, we start with data. I can Google anything right now, right? I, I'm, I'm listening to a book right now, a million followers. Oh my God. And with all the exact science, it's a marathon, he says. And there's all the split testing going on and lookalike audiences and lookalike campaigns. I get it. I get it. I get it, but I need to educate myself to be empowered. At least when I talk to a social media person, I know if they're full of shit or not, right? I can stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with a contractor, know if he's BSing me or not. I can make decisions on the fly when it comes to you know anything in my business because I'm well-versed. That old saying, a jack of all trade and a master of none is simply a myth. Look at somebody like a Tom Brady. He knows how to eat. He knows how to maintain his mind. He spends a million dollars a year on his body. So does LeBron James. You know, they're beyond simply being an athlete, taking directions from a coach. They are businesses. Make no mistake, right? They are companies. Their body is just one of the entities in the, in the company. But they're so well-versed. And I dig that. And I think that sense of empowerment should inspire you to go out there and get the right types of education to make things happen for you, you know? Think about that, right? All right, it's time change. Hey, thank you, Conrad. Yep, 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 yep. Respect martial arts. So cool, cool, cool. I'm out of here. 
I want to say this is Success Never Sleeps. I am Brandon Bleasel. Thank you for allowing me to serve you. Share this, please. When we get this broadcast up, it's in podcast uh, as well on all the major podcast platforms. Share this. There's so many people in this world that deserve to have the kind of information that's going to help them live from purpose, to help them be happier, and of course, more profitable. I'm Brandon Bleasel. Until we talk again, please, you go out there, live your best life.